there's a lot of kind of like lost because of this disposable view that we have on clothing we've lost the kind of connection and kind of responsibility that we used to feel over our clothing that we used to know how to like mend our clothing so that they could we could carry on using them or or tailor them so that they fit us better as our body changed things like this um, and I think a lot of people are kind of tapping back into that and I think that's really, really helpful. Yeah. Hello, I'm June Hark, founder and creative director of slow fashion brand Minionette London. Welcome to our talks where we explore conscious style and the art of transformation. Today, I'd love to welcome my guest, who is someone that we work with at Minionette London ourselves. She is the founder of NO Development, which is a sustainable fashion brand consultancy. She works with a huge number of brands across the industry, so I'm thrilled to welcome Nicole Obadowski. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Great. So can you just give us a little bit of background about the consultancy and some of the work that you do? Yeah. So, I mean, um, myself, um, I've been in the industry for about 14 years. Um, I started in Canada, where I'm from, and I've been um, based in London since 2012. Um, so my background is really hands-on, really product-oriented. So um, I've held roles as a product developer um, and also a production manager. So. For people who aren't um, in the industry, <laughs> I usually like to explain that as I'm basically the go-between between the designer who comes up with the beautiful idea and the people who actually make physical products, right? I'm kind of the link between those two camps a bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, I started NO Development about a year ago. Um, and what I do is I use that experience that I have to help um, values-driven fashion founders um, to build businesses um, you know that align with their values and help them with their manufacturing um, and setting up their kind of business foundations. Yeah and why specifically then the consultancy to focus on sustainability? Why was that important to you? Yeah I mean sustainability I've been becoming much more interested in it over recent years. Um, the last kind of full-time position that I had um, one of my uh, responsibilities was uh, creating a sustainability uh, strategy for the company. Um, and at the time that I started that, I really had no idea. <laughs> so the first thing to do was to start researching and try to understand sustainability better. And that just kind of like opened up a whole wormhole for me. Oh. Um, and I haven't been able to kind of look back since. So uh, when I moved to working freelance, I knew that I wanted the opportunity to work with brands who were like minded, but also um, to kind of help uh, more conservative or, or traditional brands um, kind of come around to my way of thinking as well. Mm. Um, and I was also finding uh, when I first went freelance that my entire kind of uh, network is very like from within the industry. Mm. And meanwhile, there's this whole kind of new generation of designers who are coming um, out, especially um, in the past couple of years since the pandemic, who are coming from outside of the traditional areas, you know, they go to fashion school, they don't have a fashion industry background, but they love clothes and they want to do things differently. They're very open-minded and they actively want to do things in a better way. Mm. And um, so I really wanted to do something that would kind of connect with those people and kind of share my experience with them. Yeah. 
Um, I also found when I was starting out in sustainability and learning more about it, that it was just really, really confusing <laughs> and kind of, it's, it's such a nuanced area that it's so difficult to kind of understand right from wrong. Everything seems to kind of conflict each other. And a lot of the information that's out there already is kind of geared towards really large businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of difficult as a, as a small business to understand, you know, unpick things and think, well, how does this actually apply to me? How can I actually do things better in a, in a small way? Yeah. Um, so that was another thing I wanted to help people in a more tar- way that's targeted to small business and also a way that's more positive. Um, so people are kind of approaching it with from a place of like excitement and curiosity rather than fear of doing bad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, one of the things with sustainability is it's so vast. Mm. So what I would love um, for people who are maybe, you know, they, they're interested in sustainability or they're interested in conscious brands, but really they don't know what it means um, in terms of what are the different elements of, of being sustainable or, or trying to be sustainable. Do you have a, a way of describing it? Or Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Where do you start? Yeah. To think about. Yeah, it's such a huge, it's such a huge topic. And there's a lot of kind of like subtopics within them. So when people talk about sustainability, they generally mean just like really generically kind of uh, running something in a way that is sustainable for the environment over a long period of time, right? Mm. Um, But that can also include um, issues around ethical production. Um, Some people would consider that a separate issue, but a lot of people see them, I think rightly, as completely intertwined and and you kind of can't unmesh them. Um, And then there's also a lot of kind of smaller issues within that. So there's a lot of people working on um, creating a more circular economy. Um, And that is a concept of trying to move the industry away from working in a kind of traditional linear model, which is like take, make waste. And that's really hard on nature's resources. So there's people who are looking at ways to close the loop. Um, There's also a lot of uh, focus on carbon neutrality. Um, which is kind of a real um, imminent issue, obviously, with climate change. Um, And then there's also issues around overproduction, and that is kind of where I think I have the most uh, interest or that's kind of where my kind of personal sustainable values lie, where I think the kind of the biggest actual issue is just that we've gone to a place where we see clothing as a a disposable commodity. So we're just making tons of clothes and ditching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's actually the problem. It's it's not, you know, if you're if you're making just like millions and billions of clothes, it doesn't matter that it's organic. That's not going to fix the problem. So we have to look at things in these kind of big systemic ways. Yes. Well, so with Million at London, we try and be as sustainable as we can. You know, with things like we we only make it to order to try and eliminate the waste. Um, and then of course we have a circular program as well, where we offer to buy back uh, old dresses when when people might want a new one or they want to refresh. Um, and then, and then we, you know, um, uh, look after them, and then you know, serve them again as as pre loved. So, when you're in the industry, some of these things make perfect sense, and they seem like no brainers. And especially if you're a small setup, you're more able to to offer things like that because you don't have this great big machine behind you um, that's been working in in a certain way for for decades. Um, 
So for, from the industry perspective, that seems, and especially as a small business owner, that seems, it's just, why would you not do that? But then from a consumer's perspective, in terms of how we buy things, that, that can take some getting used to the idea of, you know, I order something today and I have to wait maybe a, a couple of weeks to get it rather than I want it delivered tomorrow. So that, that's one thing that I found is, you know, it's, it definitely is something that, you know, we're not, we're not there yet. Consumers are not there yet. So how do you, do you think that that will change as people become more aware of what's, um, how unsustainable certain methods of manufacturing are? Or what, what do you think about this, this whole area about the kind of, I see it as almost as a disconnect. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think in some ways I've actually been quite surprised by how flexible um, consumers can be, particularly kind of millennials and, and Gen Z mm. have been kind of like quite willing to take on these new um, new models of, of you know like resale or renting or or um, yes. on Depop. There's so many people upcycling. People are really kind of open to that a lot more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think we've only just kind of started to move. <laughs> I mean, for years and years, there's been this like giant like push of kind of public opinion to make people see clothing as something that is, a, a, like I was saying, a quick and disposable commodity. And when you're thinking about sustainability, you don't necessarily even connect those two right away. You You, you start by thinking kind of like, oh, yeah, fossil fuels are bad, so I don't want to buy, you know, polyester clothing or something. But it it takes a little bit more pushing, I think, for people to come around to the idea of, like, you know, actually, I need to be buying less as much as paying attention to what I'm buying and things like that. And I I think people are coming around, but I think we're kind of swimming upstream, if that makes sense. (laughs) So it's not going to be an overnight kind of transition but I have hope <laughs> I mean it's a huge behavior change right of, of yeah you know, absolutely you know when you are a tween and a teenager of fashion fast fashion yeah yeah um, and, and shopping as like a hobby almost you know I remember being younger and just going shopping for clothes because it was Saturday you know yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean not because I needed something so yeah, yeah. Um, so with, with with all of this emerging with brands and with the industry moving towards sustainability, there are many, many brands who obviously are jumping on that sustainability bandwagon. And I think that that's, that inevitably um, means that there's a lot, quite a lot of greenwashing. What do you mm-hmm. make of that? Um, greenwash is interesting because I think, I think there's a general kind of perception that greenwashing is this like, like evil person um, who is kind of like, you know, rubbing his hands together and thinking how, you know, how can I lie to them today? <laughs> and that kind of greenwashing does happen, but I think it, it's a lot less common than um, what I see is a lot of greenwashing that's based around kind of real misconceptions about sustainability. Yeah. And I think from, from large companies where that kind of takes place is I think big companies and and like I'll use H&M as an example I was reading um an interview with their um I'm not sure if she was like their uh CSR head but she was kind of in that department and quite senior and they were asking her about um their haven't been able to live up to their living wage promises right um and and she rebuffed by saying 
because they were talking about sustainability, she rebuffed by saying, well, that is a separate issue from sustainability. And, and also she said the same thing about um, uh, waste and overproduction. She saw also as something separate from sustainability, wow. which, you know, it's convenient for someone like H&M to think in those terms, because, you know, if, if they accepted that overproduction was the crux of sustainability issue they would have to change their entire business model and their business model is working very well for them thank you very much <laughs> so like I think there's a kind of willful blind spot there in some cases and that's where a lot of the kind of larger companies greenwashing comes from in, in my opinion and then what I see with smaller companies is is just a very understandable like confusion about what actually is sustainable you know they might they might have heard there's a lot of statistics and data out there that isn't really very, you know, it's not, it's a bit dodgy. It's not really verified, but people kind of read it in an article that they think seems pretty uh, like believable or trustworthy. And then they, and then they start sharing it. So I think there's a lot of this that goes on on the kind of smaller independent brand level where people have really good intentions. They're just um, a bit misled. Isn't that because it's so new? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's a bit of a wild west. <laughs> yes, well, hopefully it gets better. So it is really complex then for a brand mm. and if you're in the industry. So what are some of the uh, first things you think brands should be looking at? So the brands that you work with, where do you direct them first? I mean, generally, I think the, the place to start is always with your core values and a lot of a lot of startup brands like will actually start you know you're just kind of starting things instinctively and you're not really sitting down to think about what are my core values though like what are the can i pin down <laughs> the things that are really important to me and why am i doing this why am i starting this brand um and and when you do that that helps to kind of hone things in a bit because if you, if you just walk into it a bit ad hoc and just be like I want to do a sustainable brand I want to do everything good <laughs> you just get swamped and that totally overwhelms like you don't know where to start you don't know you know because there's tons of things that will conflict yes. I mean you'll you will you know have one option here that is bad because of this and you'll have another option here that's bad because of that that's so really if you have your core values in place then you can go you know what like neither of these options are perfect but this one aligns better with what I'm trying to do so this is what I'm going to focus on for now and keep my mind open for a better solution in the future yeah Uh, so it's I mean it's confusing for brands and it must be even more consuming then for consumers where you know you're told this is bad one day this is this is okay the next day or or this is a better option even things Mm -hmm. like renting you know we thought maybe renting's the answer and then you you discover well actually all of the the dry cleaning that's involved in between every single every single wearer that's actually even worse so um you know it's like it's never ending so Mm -hmm. what do you think as a consumer general member of the public what are some of the things that they should be considering when they look at new brands um, it's, I mean, it's literally impossible for consumers. It's so even someone, <laughs> even myself, I find it impossible to buy clothing because even having all of the knowledge and understanding that I have, I still can't see into that brand. You know, I can't see in, I can't see into their supply chain most of the time. I can't tell, even if they've got it listed on their website, I can't go to Bangladesh and see if it really is a nice factory you know I can't <laughs> I can't know these things so as a consumer 
it is really, really difficult. And I, and I think people put a lot of kind of weight on their shoulders of trying to be a conscious consumer and like trying to do good and trying to vote with their dollar. But I think we have to kind of like take a deep breath. <laughs> We're doing what we can. I think being, if you, if you can afford to be like um, supporting kind of small new brands who are trying to do things differently, then that's great. Um, not everyone kind of has that option. Um, but there's obviously like lots of other ways that you can, um, access things more sustainably in terms of resale and stuff like that. Um, and then in general, I think the consumer's responsibility, you know, it's the brand's responsibility to be producing responsibly, Mm -hmm. but is the consumer's real responsibility is to be thinking about why they're making that purchase. Mm -hmm. You know, am I just bored? Like, (laughs) am I feeling a bit insecure? And so I want a new thing that feels shiny and I feel happy. Or is it because like, every time I try to get dressed, I'm like, oh, I wish I had a knee length skirt. Like maybe you should buy a knee length skirt, you know (laughs) know what I mean? Then you've got a real reason. Um, And then, and then really it is, like at the consumer level and actually at the macro level, like study after study keeps reiterating the best thing is for people to just keep wearing clothes. <laughs> and and to do that, you need to buy clothes that are durable and high quality. So really keeping that as the focus. Yeah. And that's something that we advocate, you know, hugely, you know, this, this idea of the buy, buy less, choose well, make it last. Mm. So for people who have, things in their wardrobe or they are being more conscious about what they're buying how can they make their clothes last longer how can they be more sustainable with what they've actually got yeah and and I mean there is like quite a big chunk of when you look at the impacts of the entire garment like life cycle it is quite a big chunk of that impact is at the consumer kind of wear and care stage um so there's a lot that consumers can do with their clothing and it's there's a lot of kind of like lost because of this disposable view that we have on clothing, we've lost the kind of connection and kind of responsibility that we used to feel over our clothing. Like we used to know how to like mend our clothing so that they could we could carry on using them or or tailor them so that they fit us better as our body changed, things like this. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are kind of tapping back into that. And I think that's really, really helpful. Yeah. And then I, there's a lot of information that people are, are I think like, People are getting a lot better at this, but just in terms of, of, you know, like washing your clothes with cold water instead of hot or like using line dry rather than a tumble dryer. All these things will like, it's easier on the environment. It was also take a lot better care of your clothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basic things like that, I do think go a long way. Great. Yeah. So, I mean, you've worked with brands, you know, from luxury to contemporary to high street and um you, you know you've seen you've seen all of it so what are some of the biggest trends you think are are happening in this area or that will be coming in the next few years are there things that you can see um i mean it's i mean having been in the industry in a kind of like traditional sense for quite some time it's been it's been really shocking like how quickly things have transformed in the past 10 years and in particular just how not just on board consumers have been, but how much more sophisticated their understanding of the issues have been over time. And just the speed of that, like people are really educating themselves um, and becoming a lot more um, scrutinizing. 
um, which has kind of forced brands to, to constantly push themselves. And the difference between 10 years ago when the term sustainability and fashion was kind of like, you know, it was kind of popping up and people didn't really understand what that was about. Um, and people in the industry was kind of like, oh, whatever, that's some gimmick, you know, to now it's like every single brand has a sustainability page on their website. <laughs> you know, everyone does. It's like you, so the the kind of baseline has just been ratcheted up so quickly, and it it really shows no sign of stopping. I think that's really great. And like, not big on predictions, but my hope <laughs> for future trends would be that we kind of take a little bit more of a systemic look at things. Because I think, and for myself, my own journey in sustainability, I definitely was guilty of this. Like you start on this like really macro vision where you're just like diving into these little things and, you're, and the difference between organic cotton and conventional cotton and, and rain fed versus irrigated and, and like you're getting into all these like little minute things and fretting over like, Oh, but where does the viscose come from? And blah, blah, blah. And all these things are important. And it's really important to educate yourself in these things as a brand. But it's almost like you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, you need to kind of like take a deep breath, step back and kind of look at it in a systemic way and, and say, you know, like I'm, I'm fretting over the, these little things here and they're important, but it's, it, 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 you know, the issue is the system and, and how do I make sure that my brand is working within this in a more responsible way? So I, I hope that that is kind of, everyone starts taking that step back and understanding that it's about more than just, organic cotton and you know recycled blends it's it's about an entire system that is just making way too much yeah but also that's that's important that you you mentioned before it's not just the brands it's also mm. the behavior it, it's how all of us yeah. treat clothing yeah definitely yeah definitely and it is the consumers that push brands you know it, it's it's like there have been a lot of founders that like truly care who have come on board recently but there's also a lot of giant companies who really like that's not why they run their companies but they have had to come on board because they just don't have a choice yes yeah <laughs> thank you so much for this so if people want to know more about you and the work you do where can they go um so i'm on instagram um and my handle is n.o.development and then um, if you want to find me on the internet, um, I've got a blog um, and a website, and that is at um, no-development.com. Wonderful. Thank you. We will link below. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. I've loved hearing your stories from inside the industry and obviously um, in this area as well of sustainability and being more conscious. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me wonderful and thank you so much for watching if you'd like to know more about conscious style please go check out our website millionettelondon.com and of course we have a facebook group as well where we have this these discussions in much greater detail so that's facebook.com uh, groups forward slash conscious style please go check it out and if you enjoyed this video then i would love it if you liked it shared it and subscribed thank you so much see you next time